Next on BYUSN, BYU football's offense on an historic pace for all the wrong reasons. So what's the solution to fixing the Cougar offense? On the hoops front, head coach Mark Pope adds two three-star recruits to BYU's 2024 class. Who are they and what do they bring to BYU? Women's hoops went on the road and came back to win at Montana State while the future is bright right now for the Cougar freshmen. And we play Know the Foe, Iowa State a dish. How much do we know about corn? Not a lot. <laughs> Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, November 8th. Congratulations to all of you on surviving another election day. I am Spencer Linton. He is a man who's working on that custom putter, Jerem Jordan. I wish, man. Uh, I don't have a uh, putter cover, so I'm not super legit. Like, when I play with someone that has the cover for the putter, I'm like, whoa. Just a cover? So that's a little much for me. Buddy, uh, I can help you out. I have a few extras if you'd like one. I'm good. I don't, I'm, I don't want to be that fancy. I'm good. Thank you, though. Um, Cam Garrett and Kalani Sitake last night on uh, BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, they played a fun game where they would have to answer a question, and then they'd, they could – uh, put a little closer if they got it or not. But at the very end, Kalani and, and Cam oh. nailing putts from deep. It, those are harder than they look, right? But Kalani clutched from uh, what he called Jimmer range. Check this out. See? Okay. He okay. and Camden. Nice. All right. Nice. That's a Camden nice level floor in open. Studio C, which takes away some of the difficulty. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the gra- what's the grade there? It's pretty low. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. That was were, pretty fun. Were those greens sanded yeah. and punched? Uh, they did not. Yeah. When I, hold on. I got to admit something here. First, I got to get a drink. Uh, <laughs> okay. I lived in Glenmore, uh, the neighborhood in South Jordan, when I first moved to Utah when I was 11 to 13. We would sneak onto the Glenmore golf course. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about golf. So I, I just with an iron one day just went to hit a ball. I didn't know. I just, just boom. Nice big chunk out shot. of the green. Don't, don't invoice me for that <laughs> from 1996. Like, we're good, right? Oh, listen, with inflation. <laughs> Statute with, of limitations. Yeah, the damage that that would have inflicted at that time with inflation. You're yeah. probably at 200 bucks, buddy. Some guy's yelling on, at me, bro. get out of here. It's at dusk. We thought everyone was gone. Anyway, oh, yeah. it's good I don't stuff. do that now. I just I just chunk it. Later. Live and learn. Yeah. Listen, I was just taking the chunks out of my own front yard, much to my yeah. dad's chagrin. Yeah. Why? Why, you would, why yeah, would you do this? Use the plastic ones. I, yeah. I don't know. Just practicing my golf game. <laughs> Working on my craft. <laughs> Oh, that said, all rise and shout. We've got to lock in for what's trending. One thing we'll never do is lay down. We'll never quit. We've got to go back to the drawing board and start fresh again. We know that we're going to fight to the end, and we've got to go out there and attack. Well, you got to respect the no-quit attitude from BYU football. What's Trending, presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. The Cougars are headed for history in a number of ways when it comes to their offense. Typically, when we bring up that phrase, it's like, oh, yeah, things are awesome. Record touchdown passes and passing yards, and this offense is explosive. It's been for all of the wrong reasons, okay? Uh, we're, gonna, we're going to examine some of the historically bad numbers for BYU football and what they are pacing for. This is verbal open-heart surgery here. Okay, we have to address what's actually happening and then maybe discuss some solutions to the problems. But before we really dive into that surgery, we have to understand how bad it is. Okay, the patient needs to explain 
just how bad it is, and then we'll see if we can't begin to fix this thing. BYU is on pace, Jerem, to rush for a total, as an entire team, 956 yards. Yeah. So let's put that in context. Mm -hmm. The last time BYU failed to reach 1,000 yards rushing as a team was in 1942, when the Battle of Midway was raging <laughs> in the Pacific. That's the first year BYU beat Utah, by the way. The Cougars rushed for 842 yards that season, and you think, okay, oh, that's not good. They did it in seven games. Yeah. BYU has a 12-game regular season schedule, and they're on pace for under 1,000. Not good. Okay? Second number. BYU has still yet to reach 400 yards of offense in any single game this season, and they haven't done that since 1964. That's actually shocking because Virgil Carter and Phil Odell were uh, slinging it back then. I'm surprised by that one. I can't believe BYU didn't do it against Southern Utah. Virgil Carter had a 599 total offense game himself. Maybe that was 65. Remember when BYU ran for 550 yards as a team in one game against Texas? I do remember that. <laughs> like, I do remember 550 that. in one game. Mm -hmm. So BYU is one of two Power 5 teams to not reach 400 yards in a game this season. Other, Joining Iowa. Iowa. Iowa's so bad at offense. <laughs> what? I, we all make fun of Iowa for the past however long for having traditionally the worst offense in college football. BYU, unfortunately, is in that conversation this season. Iowa's defense is elite. That's the difference between the two teams. All right. They can afford it. Some other numbers, and we'll breeze through these and then yeah, get great, to the solutions. Yeah, great numbers. Keep don't it going. Don't you feel great? I feel wonderful. Feel so great right yeah, now. Yeah, okay? keep it going. BYU is currently on pace for just under 3,600 yards of offense this season. It would be the first time the Cougars finished a season with fewer than 4,000 yards of offense in 20 years. 2003. That was a terrible year. Losing record. Yep. BYU went 5-7. and seven mm -hmm. Tough and schedule. Lost in that horrible snow game to Utah in the regular season. I was on my mission. I was, when I found out that score, I was in a very bad mood all day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So if BYU finishes with those 3,576 yards, which they're on pace for, it would mark the fewest yards of offense by a BYU team since before the Lavelle Edwards era in yeah. 1971 when they were 32-44. Tommy Hudspeth's last year, then Lavelle's head coach in the next year. Wow. Okay, we'll finish with this. BYU's high rushing mark this season as a team is 150 yards in a game against Texas Tech. And you and I sat on this desk and we're like, wow, they had it in them. 150. We didn't know. Woo! We hated that we were excited about that number, yeah. but – Nonetheless, it's the season high. That's a, that's a good number, generally. The last season, Brilliant. BYU failed to rush for at least 200 yards in one game. One game was 2,000 in Lavelle's final season. Add all that together, you get the point. It has been rough, bad, downright miserable for BYU's offense in a lot of ways this season. Yeah, I'm in a bad mood after all this number. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry, but again, just... Just to paint a picture of how bad it has been so that you then can maybe look at the picture and say, all right, what's the next step in the right direction? How does BYU make this thing a little bit better? Where do the solutions begin for you? Well, first off, if I actually had those answers, uh, they would have been shared several times ago, <laughs> and I would be paid much more than I am. Um, one is play at home and play at night. Luckily, it's Saturday. That's what's going to happen, and we think against Oklahoma. Another would be um, – you know, obviously, you got to get your chemistry 
uh, as tight as possible. You got to work together. And and looking forward to next year because I don't think that you can just suddenly change this. Is upgrade the talent and obviously you got to coach them up better. Another thing is uh, you know play worse teams. That's the thing. So BYU right now the teams that BYU beat are 14 and 31, 31 percent winning percentage. Like BYU beat the bad teams on its schedule. The teams that BYU lost to have won 69 percent of their games this year. They're 25 and 11. Uh, only TCU has a losing record, by the way, among the four losses. And BYU has not beaten a team with a winning record. Come on, Texas Tech. The record of the remaining three is 19 and eight. So it's not looking good. Um, this offense has got to figure it out. They've just got to do enough. The real key to winning is the defense creating takeaways that put BYU in position yep. to score on short fields. That's the way that BYU works with this offense. Uh, this has been very disappointing. Um, there's, there's some talent here. We thought that this O-line was going to pick up where they had been the last two years. They have not. Uh, we thought that QB play would continue at a certain level. It has not. We've talked about how it's all synergistic uh, negatively uh, in that space. It can be yes. positively synergistic as well. The O-line has a nice game on Saturday. Suddenly you can get a run game. Suddenly you can play action. Suddenly you can do some things you haven't been doing. That's certainly the hope, but it's not looking good, man. There is no easy solution to this. It feels like, in the words of Trevor Maddish, it can't really be fixed this season. You can maybe try and find a few Band-Aids here and there. Nine games in. Yeah, it's, it's too late. Plus, do we think we know uh, schematically more than uh, the offensive staff? No. No. Uh, no. I'm a commentator, not a, a schemer. No, but I can offer a general idea yep. that has been shared by the likes of Dr. Craig Manning, who is a sports psychologist. Yeah, we're going there. If I'm looking... by, hey, by the way, he's back at BYU. Yes, I no saw one, him the other day. No one said it out loud. I've been waiting for BYU to announce it, so I'm just saying it now. Dr. Manning, welcome back. Now, why is he so important? Real quick, and then, and then back to your point. He was the sports psychologist for BYU previous to uh, going to the Cleveland and Milwaukee. Those teams won titles under his watch. I'm not saying he won the titles, but certainly he aided in that process. Big time get to bring him back to yes. BYU. Continue. So great to have him in Provo. He reminds athletes often to start, obviously, internally with the little things. Okay? So for me, the solution to just trying to fix this thing starts with fixing yourself individually, which helps the overall culture. But can BYU be... On an individual basis, every single player that sees the field, can you just be a little bit better? Can you be a little bit better? Because if you have a lot of individuals being a little bit better, then that adds up to something that maybe makes a difference. And that's going to take more effort. You're going to have to do things that you've probably never done before because of the wall of adversity that is in front of BYU and what they have to overcome and what they are. Like, if you want to try and be a little bit better, like, you're going to have to change something. And it probably starts internally and mentally with the harsh individual look and accountability and saying, okay, I haven't been good here. I'm going to try and get better here. And then you add up a lot of different individual efforts, and hopefully it manifests itself on the field. Just be you, be a little bit better. And then when you are a little bit better, you're probably in a position where you can hold your teammates more accountable. BYU has no leader, like straight up, like dog vocal leader on the team. Who is it? Who's the guy that's like telling their teammates they need to pick it up? Who's been good enough to be able to point at other teammates and say, you need to get better? That's a problem. 
You need Chase Roberts. Yeah, okay. Maybe Darius Lassiter at times. Darius. Right? Darius is a hurt. Defensively. Who's that guy? Jacob Reddy. I don't know. It they're not vocal. They that's what I'm saying. They may have to change what they do. Like just who they are, do things they've never done before, which is be more vocal, be more in the face of guys. People need to be held accountable, and it probably is going to matter more coming from teammates that are performing at a high level, more so than the coaches at this point. Coaches can try. We're nine games in, to your point. It, it's, it seems, I don't know, maybe a little bit trite to, to point to something like that, but I really don't know where else to start than that very, very beginning point of, okay, look internally. we got to find some accountability for yourself, and then when you're better, you can hold others accountable around you. That's, to me, how BYU gets a little bit better and tries to win this game against Iowa State and push need, it forward. Need to win it or a bowl game might not happen. Seriously. Topic two. BYU men's hoop signs two players, Isaac Davis and Brooks Barr. Let's tell you about him, Davis. Six foot eight forward, enters a senior at Hillcrest High School having in Idaho, having averaged about 16 points a game, nine rebounds, three-star recruit, top prospect in the state of Idaho, according to 24-7 Sports, back-to-back for a state titles. He is going to play right away at BYU. And then Brooks Barr, Mission Kid uh, first, six foot four guard, signs with the Cougars out of Keller, Texas, three star, 132nd ranked player in the country in the class of 24, uh, district offensive MVP, 21 a game, about six boards, four assists, and three steals. He's okay. a lefty shooter, uh, combo guard. What do you think of these two signees? I like it. I like, listen, getting Brooks Barr late was really, really important for this Mark Pope era and this coaching staff because they had lost out on a few big time recruits that typically would sign with the likes of BYU. BYU's in the So USC five. and Utah and TCU. Yes. Um, and so it, it, you kind of understand maybe the Pac-12 crowd comment a little bit from last week a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I really like these two guys. This is really big that, that, that BYU secured bar along with Isaac Davis um, Isaac's been in for a while. We haven't been able to talk about him officially because it hasn't been, you know, on record through the school officially. But he's been yeah, committed yeah. for a while. And Isaac, he kind of he's, he's built a little bit like Paul Millsap. And I, I like his game. Strong, he's a bro. Great athlete. Six eight and strong. Strong like, dude. Like like Foose with a jumper. Yeah. Like, like that's why I say Paul Millsap, yes. right? He's got a little bit yes. more range. Yes. Good rebounder. Good everything. Like th- that's a big pickup. Honestly, that is a big pickup. And then Barr we'll see in a couple years, obviously, after the mission. Yeah. But uh, he, he's a kid that I think is going to have real success in the Big 12, a kid from the Dallas area. Um, BYU Keller can always use more shooters. And Dallas. Always. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm stoked that BYU got these two guys. Were they hoping for a couple other guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but who knows what the roster uh, makeup looks like in the next couple of years. But I'm really excited about the idea of next year. Colin Chandler coming off a mission, Isaac Davis – uh, Brooks Barn a couple years, Marcus Adams Jr. getting healthy mm-hmm. and able to play next year for sure. Senior Foos. And then you have Baker, Hall, Nell, Saunders, Stewart, Robinson, Atiki, Traore, Khalifa, and maybe Waterman, depending on a potential extra year. That's There's your 13 scholarship. Now you Freddy. feel old I and sure. A couple guys will bounce, a couple guys will come in. But, like, I like that group. There's some young talent with some real experience. That feels like a team that could vie for the tournament next year. I'm excited about that group. I, I like that Isaac's going to get to work with a guy like Foos because Foos is so good with, like, he, he plays bigger than he is because he's good with his footwork and he's strong. Isaac's that type of player, but as, as you mentioned, better shooter. So maybe he can extend the defense a little bit 
Davis and Adams are 6'8 guys that can stretch the floor, that can get it off the bounce. Like, BYU's upgrading in talent, which is exciting. Let's, Let's go. go. BYU did not sign a high school kid last year, by the way. So it's cool to see two this year. Yes. Guys yeah, didn't have one. Guys that wanted BYU initially, not from the portal, like dudes that are in on BYU from the get-go. That matters. Now, you were concerned about that. I was concerned, so I'm happy today. Yeah. I, you're stocking an RM for two years from now as well. Let's Our go. question of the day. What's the solution as we go back to football for BYU to fix things on offense? Chauncey Jones on X answers. I don't know if it can be fixed at this point. Game 10 this week, and yeah. at this point in the season, you know who you are as an offense. Let's call a spade a spade. The offense yeah. isn't good. Yeah. No finger pointing because there are issues across the board. Just do enough to scrape out one more win. You could not have encapsulated and summarized my thoughts any better. What's the peak of what BYU has done this year? Texas Tech at home? In what way? Like the best that they played. The, the best, best that BYU has played. Arkansas. Arkansas, you go on the road, and you are down 14, and you still come back and win. Okay. They showed a lot in that. And you were up two scores late. You give up a score or whatever. The first half against Texas Tech was pretty stinking good, too. Yeah. Like, that was good football. When you're handed two fumbles, that's great. Right. You're playing physical. Yeah. BYU literally didn't earn those. They were just given those fumbles. Like, that was lucky. Okay. So, at Arkansas, maybe a little bit of Texas Tech. And we've seen the bottom in the last two weeks. And yeah. at TCU. Yeah, those three are the bottom. Hey, so is the middle good enough to beat Iowa State at home? I don't BYU know. Iowa State's hope. defense is good, dude. I know. <sighs> Hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram so. to join the conversation. Do you think it can be fixed? And if so, what is it? <sighs> Deep, man. BYUSN game day, Saturday, 8 Eastern time. We got two hours of goodness outside the stadium, inside the stadium, featuring Bronson Kafusi as a guest analyst. Let's go, Bronson. Saturday, 8 Eastern on BYU TV. We were just talking about Isaac Davis. You know what we should do? We should have him on the show. Let's do it. He's going to join us next to discuss why he picked BYU, who does he look at as a role model in the game of basketball, and what's got him most excited about being a Cougar. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Signing day for BYU men's basketball. We already talked about the two recruits. We're going to talk to one of them right now and the other later. And the first up is Isaac Davis. BYU men's basketball commits 6-8 forward. Isaac, welcome to BYU Basketball and BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. All right, it's great that you're really good at basketball and all, but we need to let the people know what you did in football this year, okay? Courtesy of uh, our guy, Nate Mickle, who was recording the end of a football game. This is just to show what an unbelievable athlete you are, Isaac. Walk us through this play, this Hail Mary to win the game. Yeah, so he was, uh, you know, second-string quarterback, and he didn't play the whole game. And so (laughs) coach was like, hey, Isaac and Tyson, we need you for this play. And I was like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And so Tyson was like warming up. And so they lined us out on that. He lined me on the outside. And he just said, I said, just run and go get the ball. So I was like, okay. And so he throws the ball. And it was like the weirdest thing. It was like the light was in the way. And then I was like kind of blinded. And as soon as the ball came down, I saw a little black little shape for it. And then I just went and grabbed it. And I just ran off for a touchdown. And then, yeah, we won the game. Just your typical like 6'8 <laughs> receiver. Are you, were you, are you like weird, a D huh? lineman? Like what did you play in football? 
I play defensive end. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Throw the D end out there. That's just like a – and that was in the state tournament. That was in the playoffs. That was – oh, you're playing uh, – sorry, that was in the regular season. You're in the state tournament. In the playoffs, yeah. Who, who are you playing this week? We play Skyline again for the oh, state championship. Oh, oh for yeah. the state title this weekend? This is for the state title, Oh, yeah. my goodness. Tell me there's an Isaac Davis special in there somewhere in the playbook. Yeah, it's called it's called Night Chain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Night Chain. <laughs> Throw it up, baby. Let's go. So, yeah. Well, congratulations on that. We're so excited right. that uh, you're coming to BYU. You committed verbally a while back. We've, we've been, uh, you know, hoping, hey, th- sign on that dotted line. What was it about BYU and its program that enticed you the most? Honestly, it's just, it's like, it's home for me. You know, I went to like a lot of football games and like the fans are just fantastic. You know, just being there, it's just like, wow. It's like, hey, ain't nothing like it. And like one of my close, he's like a brother to me, Yoli Childs, you know, he's mm. been like a huge role model to me. And I just wanted to follow in his footsteps, you know, and want to make it to BYU sometime. And you know what, here I am. And I'm very blessed to be here. And the coaches give me the opportunity. I'm excited to be a part of the family. As far as your skill set goes, you mentioned Yoli Childs. Is that how you would explain the type of player that you are and that you're trying to become? Is it following in Yoli's footsteps? Yeah, I want to be like Yoli. You know, he was a great pass maker. You know, he dominated, he rebounded. And I just feel like I can impact the game in that way for BYU. So, yeah. Uh, what what in this process struck you as like, okay, I've got to be there and and I, I have to go to BYU in this? You mentioned a few things, but in your in your recruitment, what stuck out where you're like, okay, now I know that I want to be there? Honestly, you know, just talk to my family. You know, I just, you know, I'm a member of the LDS church, you know, and I've been praying about it. And I just, it just felt like it was the right decision to make, you know, because other schools, you know, it was fun, but like it wasn't like, you know, BYU, like there was something different about it. So, yeah. Isaac, how do you feel about the prospect of joining BYU basketball now that they are playing in America's toughest college basketball conference, the Big 12? It's all, it's a, it's a great opportunity. You know, there's a lot, not like, not a lot of kids out there, you know, that get the chance to do that. So I'm very blessed, you know, God put me in a very great position to, you know, with my skill set, you know, the personality I have, you know, I'm very grateful to, be a part of that and play the game that I love. Who do you know on the team or that will be on the team? Because there's a guy like Colin Chandler in London on his mission. There's Brooks Barr who also signs, but he's going to go on a mission. And there's uh, guys currently on the roster now. Yeah, um, me and Marcus. <laughs> me and Marcus are tight. You know, he just texted me before. He's like, you sign, let's go, bro. It's about to be crazy this, you know, next season. So, yeah, I'm pumped to play with everybody on the team. I'm excited. I'm They're all ex- brothers to me. Yeah. I'm excited about a lot of returners. Only Spencer Johnson is for sure out of eligibility, but then it's Chandler mm-hmm. off a mission yourself, Marcus Adams Jr., who he'll be able to play next year. We don't know about a waiver for this year, but that's a good group of, of young talent with experience. Are you already anxious to play here, even though it's like a year away? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to leave. I'm trying to come play, man. I'm trying to come hoop. You know, play with the best. You want to play against San Diego State Friday? Can you get down here? I mean, I'll try. I mean, I would love to. I would love to. You got a state championship football game. He's a little busy. Yeah, Yeah, win the state championship. Come on down, bro. After, I'll come up. up. (laughs) Isaac Davis, BYU basketball commit, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU fans are always interested in who their commits were interested in, but ultimately BYU wins out so that, you know, they can kind of 
feel like, ha, we got him and you guys didn't. So who else was in, <laughs> who else was in the mix for you as you considered other schools along with BYU? Oh, there's too many. There's too many. I ain't, I ain't trying to go crazy and all that. <laughs> <laughs> crazy all that, man. Who, who took second? Ooh, who took second? Utah State for sure. Utah State mm. for sure. That place is pretty dope, but BYU's better. BYU's better. If BYU uh, wasn't in the Big 12, would you have still come to BYU, or was the Big 12 a big thing for you? Ooh. I mean... <laughs> it was a it was a big deal. Yeah, it was a huge deal. It was a huge deal for sure. Yeah, when you think about the likes of playing against Houston and Kansas and Baylor in front of the Rock in the Marriott Center, what does that make you think about? No, um, it feels awesome. You know, play against the best, play against the best coaches, the best players. That's like that's a big time opportunity, and you know we're about to go. About to go take it. Try to win national championship there. So let's do it. Are you ready for a night train poster to show up in the rock? I think we need to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to happen. That's awesome. Tell us about some of your basketball influences. Who in your life has sort of helped you on this journey? And then who maybe in the NBA do you sort of uh, take a couple attributes from? So obviously, you know, I want to thank my parents. My dad, you know. Ever since I was a kid, I always asked him. I wanted to go to the park. We would shoot. We had a hoop outside. And, you know, he's always just been there for me. Been a huge part of my life. So was my mom. And my favorite player, honestly, he's – if I was at my house. I'm at my house right now. But in my room, it's LeBron. Mm. You know, LeBron's like – LeBron's the GOAT. I don't know if anybody disagrees with me, but I'm telling you, LeBron is the GOAT. Man, he's 38 years old. And he's still playing the NBA. But I absolutely love him. I love how he plays. You know, I love how he's a, you know, great person great person on and off the court. And that's kind of how I relate myself to, you know, but yeah. Isaac Davis is on BYU sports nation. Okay. Aside from football and basketball and sports, what are your hobbies? What things do you like to do outside of competition? Well, I like to play some Fortnite, you know, got to hop on the con the console a little bit, but I like to fish, you know, do some family stuff. I also sing a little bit, Ooh, okay. a little bit, do some fun other stuff. So, yeah, when I get down there, you know, I got you guys. I'll serenade y'all. Let's go. I, I love it. That would be a first <laughs> in BYU Sports Nation history. We've never been uh, sung to. A musical so, yeah. guest. Yeah. Musical <laughs> guest, <laughs> Isaac Davis coming up after that. Yeah, I love it. That would be great. Oh, congratulations again, Isaac. Uh, it's great to talk to you on the show and uh, can't wait to see you in Provo. Good luck in the state championship game as well. We'll, we'll send yeah. you some BYU Sports Nation karma for that. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate you guys so much. Let's go. The night train, Isaac Davis. Hey, that's, that's fun. Good luck in the uh, state title game. But big time get for BYU. Absolutely. Big time get for BYU. And love his personality. Huge personality. Lo love that. He's going to have so much fun. And The, and the Rock and the BYU fans, are gonna, they're going to love this kid. You know what I really like is that he has he mentioned specifically the relationship he already has with Marcus Adams Jr. Yeah, already knows him. Yes. Those guys are going to be big-time freshmen next year. Like, we hope Marcus Adams Jr. gets healthy and gets a waiver this year, but if he redshirts, those guys are freshmen together next year, and yeah. there we go. I'm not holding my breath that we're going to see I'm him not either. I'm kind of like, In fact, it might, moved on. who knows, for his Almost, health, since right? he's not ready to go right now. Yeah. Like, and it's a loaded kind of backcourt right now and whatnot, so. Get, yeah, Marcus I, Adams, hey, get healthy, join Isaac Davis. I'm stoked for this Colin basketball Chandler. season, but next year? 
You're bringing in a real influx of talent there. All right. Yeah. Then maybe uh, Jay Billis's preseason metric and team rankings start to feel a little more realistic with, with next year's roster. Yeah, that might be tomorrow's topic. There's okay. some interesting numbers up there. All right. Hey, check out Cougar Pregame Live for BYU football taking on Iowa State Saturday night at 8 Eastern time. You can listen to it on BYU Radio. Up next, as promised, we'll chat with the second yeah. of the two new signees for BYU men's basketball. Brooks Barr, representing Keller, Texas. Why did he choose Pro Bowl ultimately among all of the options? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content for us to be on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to the show. We are live in Studio B. Well, Jerem, uh, Isaac Davis in, great personality, okay? That's half of uh, the mix here today. Should we bring in the other half, Brooks Barr? 6'4 guard. Oh, excuse me. We're going to get to Brooks in just a little bit. We will go into the headlines first. So let's roll out those Wednesday headlines. Good football searching for answers ahead of a big game with Iowa State. Defense coordinator Jay Hill says the Cougars will be without Caden Haas, John Nelson on the D-line, John Henry Daly, and Marcus McKenzie on special teams Saturday, but Talon Alfrey has a chance to come back this week at safety. Jay, what are you guys working on this week? Right now, we're, we looked better um, for a couple weeks stopping the run, and then last week we weren't very good. There's been weeks where we've been really good stopping the pass, and then the next week we're not as good as we need to be. So those in inconsistencies need to be cleaned up. Um, execution of scheme continue to be cleaned up a little bit. And I think the biggest thing that showed up in that last game with West Virginia, we just, we didn't compete like we had in the previous weeks. In other news, the Ray Guy Award names punter Ryan Rico, one of Ray's eight performers of the week. This is the third time Rico has been recognized this season, which is a good and bad thing. BYU men's basketball, as we mentioned, has signed Isaac Davis and Brooks Barr. We'll talk to Brooks in just a little bit as part of the 2024 signing class. Davis, 6'8", forward, three-star prospect, and the top prospect in the state of Idaho. Take that, Spuddy Buddy. Barr, a 6'4", guard out of Keller, Texas, three-star as well, and the 132nd player ranked in the 2024 class according to 24-7 Sports. Women's basketball trailed by as many as 14 before coming back to win 68-60 at Montana State yesterday, led by freshman guard Amari Whiting, who's coming off an ACL tear. Played her first college basketball game, scored 18 points, seven rebounds, five assists, had seven turnovers, but all good. Freshman Kaylee Woolston, Boston transfer Lauren Davenport, and senior Kaylee Smiler all scored in double figures. Lauren Gusted had nine points, 11 rebounds. Up next, the kids game, Weaver State at home Friday at 1 Eastern. That's a whole lot of shrill back-to-back -back games for BYU. The performance was shrilling. It really was. <laughs> Aaron Livingston named the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week for BYU Women's Volleyball. Third time she has picked up that honor this season. After recording 38 kills in two matches, both were in three sets yes. against Cincinnati. Six kills per set. Whoa! Livingston is fourth in the Big 12 in kills per set and points per set this season. And congrats to Tom Homo, the National Football Foundation and College Hall of Fame announced today. He will be the recipient of the 2023 NFF John L. Toner Award, which honors excellence in athletics administration. He'll be honored in Vegas December 5th. Those are today's headlines. Let's share some opinions and whip it. 
Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. 43 of BYU women's hoops, 68 points were scored by newcomers yesterday. Is that concerning or promising? That's uh, way more promising because guess what? BYU's going to get Nani Falatea back. You know, it's super sad that Ari Mackey Williams is out for the season, torn ACL. Yeah. But they're going to get Nani Falatea back. So if BYU's young players can do this in the meantime, this only means good things for the future. And when Nani gets back, now you have some experienced players that are, yes, young, but like they've, they've played meaningful moments early. This is promising to me. I'm asked to read this question. I have zero concern. Uh, yeah. Because BYU signed a really good class. Uh, I, I would argue one of the best classes of any BYU team, uh, bringing in some real talent. And they showed up in game one. Wolston and Whiting got to start yeah. as true freshmen. That's amazing. And they did great. That's a team that BYU lost to last year in Provo. Okay, so younger players on the, the road, page, tough game. Better, love better on defense, second year. We just talked about Erin Livingston. Third time she's won the Offensive Player of the Week for the Big 12 Conference. Some crazy numbers. Should she be in the conversation for Big 12 Women's Volleyball Player of the Year? It's kind of a dark horse in that conversation, certainly, especially if BYU finishes second, but I, I don't think she'd be the player. I, I would pick a, a, there's a couple of options from Texas. Yeah, I feel like BYU probably needs to win the league to have a player in that conversation. Texas is up by like four games. Yeah, it's, it, Texas has figured it out. Yeah, well, over a long period of time. BYU's new here. <laughs> Welcome to the neighborhood. Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, they, Texas got to a slow start this season. Oh, lost right. some matches. Yeah. They seem to have figured it out. Yeah, boohoo. They lost a couple matches. All right. Yeah, yeah they haven't lost in Big 12 play. They're awesome. Um, will Ryan Rico be a finalist for the Ray Guy Award? Yes. Best punter? Yes, BYU. Like, they punted enough. So he's good. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a finalist. The last two years, BYU was too good, and uh, he didn't qualify and all this stuff, and blah, blah, blah. I love it and hate it. Right? Yeah, he's, he's awesome. And uh, unfortunately, the BYU offense has given him too many punts. This Great weapon. Hopefully, Ryan's rarely used the next three games. We'll see. <laughs> Love Ryan, though. No bigger fan of Ryan than, uh, <laughs> than us. So let's go. Good news. Chocolate Cougar Tails making a return. Dave McCann, big fan. <laughs> yes, he is. Big fan. Should this just become a permanent option? I would like multiple choice here. When I went to the testing center and took tests, I didn't like the ones that weren't multiple choice. I want maple and chocolate. Okay. And then you throw out occasions like homecoming week. Your strawberry? Uh, strawberry frosting? The, the bacon on it. You okay. You do a strawberry, yeah. But like chocolate should be an option always. Why not? It's a donut. I get the whole cougar tail maple thing, but like, it's now it's just a donut. I don't even know if people associate it with like, oh, it's like maple because of a cougar. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if that's a, much of a thing anymore. BYU was stuck in the Navy uniform combo forever, right? It's like, ah, oh, that's what we do. It's what we do. Tradition. Wear the tradition. Then Royal has now kind of like taken over. I feel like the chocolate cougar tail could do this. The way that the fans respond to it when it happens, like I feel like. It should be like the royal combo. Where it's what? like, just embrace it, and What's it might the, become even more popular. What's the point of making the donuts against Vince? To sell them? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not surprising Two. that you sell a ton when the chocolate cougar tails are made. Make the money. Yes. Hey, Friday night. NCAA tournament, women's soccer, first round. Oh, only two teams have beaten BYU all year. Utah State's one of them. Mountain West champs coming in. BYU, one seed, baby. Eight Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Unfortunately, we've got a little bit of crossover there with men's hoops and soccer. But guess what? We'll have multiple devices.
there are enough fans out there that can pack the stands in both places. Do it. So just do it! Up next. Thanks, Shia LaBeouf. You're welcome. Second of the two newest BYU men's basketball recruits, Brooks Barr, makes his yeah. BYU Sports Nation debut. This is BYU Sports Nation. Go. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B, signing day for BYU men's basketball. We already spoke with Isaac Davis. Now, let's meet the 6'4 guard, left-handed sharpshooter from Keller, Texas, Brooks Barr, making his BYU Sports Nation hey. debut. Brooks, welcome to BYU, BYU basketball, and all of Cougar Nation. What's up, man? I'm excited. Excited to be here. How would you explain the last 24 hours of your life as you inked the paper and you made it official and now you are a member of the BYU basketball family? Just uh, a lot of stress is kind of like just off my shoulders. I'm, I'm locked in. Um, just super happy. Uh, lots of friends and family reaching out. So it's been a great 24 hours. Uh, how'd you find some space in the school to do this interview? Is anyone nearby you where you're like, Shh, I'm going to go on TV? Well, a lot of my friends have just been walking by, so I've kind of just been like giving give them a head nod and just trying to <laughs> tell them to be a little bit quiet. <laughs> what was it about BYU that uh, was convincing for you to want to come here and play basketball after your mission? Yeah, I, um, I grew up, both my parents went to BYU, uh, so I grew up going to the camps. Um, and like, so initially I was in my mind, I kind of dreamed of playing for BYU. I watched, uh, dudes like TJ Hawes, Tyler Hawes, uh, Jimmer. So, um, I kind of always knew not that I was going to go here, but that I really liked BYU and then just getting to know coach Pope and the, the entire staff, I kind of, it was just too good of a relationship, too good of a, too good of a fan base. The rock it's crazy. Uh, so I wanted to play. Um, in a packed stadium every night. So that's kind of that's what it came down to. And being a guy from Keller, obviously, uh, in Big 12 country there, in, in Dallas and Fort Worth, obviously you're going to have some games at TCU, which will be fun, and in Texas, which is great. Looking at your game, I can see like a lefty TJ Haas kind of element to you. What, how do you see your game? Yeah, uh, I've got some comparisons to TJ Haas. Um, I think I'm... Uh, just kind of a, a point guard that can um, break down his defender and then kind of create for others, uh, get dudes open shots, touch the paint, um, and then also knock down shots. Uh, and then I, I pride myself on defense. So kind of playing super hard on the other end, taking charges, diving on loose balls. Um, and me and TJ got the, we got the orange hair. So yeah, baby, <laughs> that's, that's let's go. Cool. I like that. <laughs> Uh, we're watching your high school highlights and uh, some of your, your comp ball highlights. Uh, so, yeah, it's nice to watch a guy, you know, with that pure left-handed shooting for him knock down some threes. But do you prefer to have the ball in your hands or would you rather play more of a traditional shooting guard role at BYU? Um, I feel like I can play both. Um, kind of just depends on the team situation and, and who we got. Um, I know when I come back from my mission, we'll have Colin Chandler, who's going to be in his, his third year. So he's going to be a, a ball dominant player. So I can come in and be a catch and shoot guy or handle the ball as well, coming off 
some uh, some screens. So whatever whatever coach needs me to do, I can do. Let's talk about what you did when you announced your signing. You pulled a massive fake on USC. <laughs> like you like put it up to your head, and then you're like, nope. And the crowd was like, oh! What? <laughs> Tell us what went into that uh, decision, because that was pretty funny. Man, I <laughs> I was nervous before because just growing up, I had seen a lot of commitment videos when the Duke pump fakes I had, and kind of always wanted to do that, but no, no shade <laughs> at USC at all. Like, love, love the school, love the coaching staff. It's just I was just the hat I grabbed for, so. It was crazy. Hey, next time do it with Utah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. So you mentioned that you've been at BYU basketball camps. You've been around the program. There's always been this idea of going to BYU. Well, when you saw the Cougars get the official invite into the Big 12 Conference, how did that impact your view of Cougar basketball and your role here as a member of a team that's in the Big 12? I mean, obviously, it got me super excited. Um, and initially, I was like, okay, now all my all my friends and family, they can go to a TCU game or an Oklahoma State game and watch me play. So that was, that was a big part. And then getting to be in the best basketball conference, playing against the best dudes, um, that was huge. But I think for me, um, even if BYU was still in the West Coast Conference, um, still – Still a school that I, that I would go to. Um, just, just can't beat the environment, the culture, the fans. So that's that's what really what it was for me. Amen, man. There's no place like this uh, place. How do you internalize all this? Because you're going to finish your senior year. You're going to go on your mission. You're going to come back. We're going to talk about you playing in a regular season game in three years from now. So how, how do you kind of internalize all this, knowing it's a little ways off, but still a very exciting day? Yeah, I don't think it's really sunk in yet. Um, I was like in my kitchen the other day and I was like, I'm going to be gone for two years. No one's going to hear about me. I'm going to be in maybe some foreign third world country. It just it hasn't really set in, but it's definitely something that I've wanted to do for a long time. So I'm excited. Well, here's the good news. You have a bunch of guys on the BYU basketball roster that have done it have experienced exactly what you're going through or are still currently on their mission. So uh, how, how have the conversations been with uh, the guys that are on the roster right now and maybe some of those return missionaries, and what advice have you received? Yeah, um, so I've talked to Dallin, uh, talked to Trevin, um, and then I got to talk to, uh, to TJ Hawes, um, and they were all just telling me uh, – their experience at BYU and how much they enjoyed it and love coach Pope and his influence on them. Um, Jake Toulson, he was a guy that really, really helped me with kind of navigating through stuff. And um, they, they said it took a, took a little bit of time to get back and get their legs under them when they returned from the mission, but they were all uh, like TJ was super, super adamant about the mission and, and how good it was for him. Hey, we would uh, echo that sentiment. That's one of the best decisions we've ever made in our lives. Uh, it was awesome. So you're telling me you have a relationship with the Ginger Mamba, and then we can pass that nickname on to you when you get here? <laughs> hey, I like that. Um, also, I'm trying to trying to start my own kind of nickname, like the Juice Man. Ooh, so the Juice Man. Let's go. Okay, we got you. Yeah, we got you, dude. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're okay. I was going to recommend go. maybe the Ginger sequel or something like that. But uh, hey, if you want it to be Juice Man, we'll we'll roll with that. <laughs> hey, either either or fine. <laughs> Brooks, congratulations on signing with BYU. Uh, as you mentioned, thrilling day for you. Uh, we wish you the best of luck through the remainder of your high school basketball season, and can't wait to talk to you again. Let man. us know when you get your mission call in the spring. Yeah, we'll we'll blast it out there. Yeah, man. For sure. No, I got you guys. All right. Say goodbye, everyone, to Juice Man, Brooks Bar. Juice Man, let's go. Juice yeah, man, Juice yes. Man, Brooks Bar. Love <laughs> it. Straight out of Keller, Texas. Let's go. And a member of the BYU basketball family now. Two really nice gets for BYU. Excited about the future, obviously. Uh, you know, in a couple of years, we'll see Brooks and we'll see Isaac next year. So let's go. Men's basketball this week, though. Huge game. San Diego Huge State. Game. Coming in, ranked number 17, went to the national title game. The game's on ESPN+. Plus. Pre-game on BYU TV, BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. What if, Jerem, they win that game? I watched San Diego State play Fullerton. Gettable. Good team? All right. Gettable. Is Iowa State gettable in football? Also gettable. That's, uh, yeah, that's out there. Yeah. How much do we know about the Cyclones? We'll play Know the Foe after this on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, back at the big board. Jerem's hoping that No the Foe goes a little better for him today. Iowa State edition. I've, I've timed once this year, <laughs> timed one. Timed one outright. Hey, you've been turning things around in Big 12 Roundup and Prop Picks. Yeah. Maybe you can turn it around here. I don't care that much about this. All right, um, <laughs> let's play. Know the foe, Iowa State edition. Colton Potter, what do you have for us for question number one? All right, Jerem, this is for you. The Iowa State Cyclones are one of how many FBS teams with a team name related to a type of storm? One, three, five, or seven? FBS teams with a type of storm. Tulsa Golden Hurricane uh -huh. one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I can think of one more. Okay, I'll go three. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for the question. Iowa State, Miami, and Tulsa. And yeah. Yeah. Hey, Spencer, your first question. The state of Iowa is home to the biggest what? Frying pan, strawberry, popcorn ball, or D, all of the above? <laughs> I'm going to go with A, frying pan, Colton. Oh. Okay, okay. Uh, wait. I thought I'd get a guess. Okay. It's all of the above. I guess all of the above. I guess all of the above. Yes! Uh, Jerry doesn't get that point. <laughs> he doesn't get that point. <laughs> hey, yeah. So, frying pan is true. Frying pan is true. Also, strawberry Make me also. a ball that would The strawberry so is not edible, FYI. <laughs> strawberry is not edible? No, it is not. Okay, <laughs> okay. Jeremy, your, your question. Yeah. What state produces more corn than Iowa? Indiana, oh. Nebraska, Kansas, or none? Oh. Mm. I'll go Nebraska. It's Indiana! Oh! It's not. None. Iowa produces the most corn. Trick question. Oh, well played. Wow. Cool. Well played, Colton. Sneaky dog. <laughs> All right, well Spencer. Played. Sticking with agriculture, Iowa is also the top producer of eggs and pork. What is the ratio of pigs <laughs> to humans that live in the state of Iowa? Is it one to one, three to one, five to one, or seven to one? This is great. I'm going to go C, five to one, Colton. I'll go, I'll go D, seven to one. Oh yeah! my god. 23.6 yeah. million pigs live in the state <laughs> of Iowa. 3.2 million people. <laughs> Seven to one? Wow. Seven to one. Seven to one. That's amazing. Okay, that we have two more questions. 
on the broadcast. Next one, Jerem. What was the name of Iowa State's yearbook from 1894 to 1995? Was it the bomb, the cardinal and gold, the corn cob, or the cyclone? Please tell me it is the corn cob. Nope, 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 nope. It's the bomb. Yep. The bomb. It is the bomb. They yeah. wanted to have an explosive yearbook is the reason why. <laughs> Don't talk about their yearbook in an airport. Jeez. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, last one. Oh, last one. In the 1953, the there was a three-night riot held by Iowa State students. Students set fires, tipped over sheds, demanded more tear gas. Why were they rioting? Was it they wanted to dance the tango, which was banned on campus? Okay. The favorite burger joint was shut down. Mm -hmm. They wanted a day off to celebrate an upset win over Missouri in football, or a beloved pig at the Ames Petting Zoo was stolen. Is it my app? Is no, it it's it's Spencer? Is it's Spencer. Oh, it's, it's Spencer. For the win. Oh boy. Oh boy. For the tie. This is for the tie. Cause you're up two oh, to one. For the tie. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go. Uh, favorite burger joint was shut down. Oh. Uh, I'll guess just for fun. Tango. Pig? Did they beat Missouri? They, oh, beat, they Missouri. beat Missouri. It was for beating Missouri they on beat, homecoming. They Missouri. Beat that Missouri. wraps up. Know the foe. Very nice. Great you got, questions. You got, your, you got your win. Great questions. Again, I don't really care about this. It's just for fun. It's just for fun. Okay, our question of the day. What's the solution to fixing BYU football's offense? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from BYU Fortray on X. Trey Does Stewart. Just kidding. Better offensive line play. Yeah. That's honestly all it is. If they play better, then the rest of the offense yeah. will follow. But That's how do you starts. fix the offensive line? How do you fix it? Pay me a little more, I'll tell you. Rising shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Amari Whiting coming off an ACL. Amazing. Huge game. And Isaac Davis and Brooks Barr for joining the program. Excited about those guys, man. Yeah. Fun and, to our, with them. and our thanks to both of those guys for joining the show today. Juice Man. Juice Man. Den you know the ginger was? sequel. You know who wasn't Juice Man? Dennis Petta. Ran out of time. Sorry, buddy. <sighs> Keep your helmet on. It's all, it's all good. For <laughs> Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Dennis Simmons. Go Cougs! That's a Dennis I can get behind.